leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Once Upon a Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Josh. With me is not Dirtbag Dave. With me is not Davey. Who is Davey? He hasn't been on the show in months. It is my good friend, my 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 idol, a Tampa legend, host and producer of the T-Kraz, the Ronnie and T-Kraz show. You can find him um, on iHeartRadio weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Get the iHeartRadio app. Listen to my boy, Zach Blodner. He's my hero. What's up, Zach? Hey, what's up, Josh? Happy to hop on with you here. And uh, man, every time I, I catch up with you guys here on OUS, I always am so just like happy, but also like kind of proud too. like, you know, to see how far y'all have come in terms of uh, your growth with with your audience and just how good of a product that you put out there. And, you know, I watched you from the beginning of this kind of get it kickstarted. And uh, man, I just I'll never miss an opportunity to give you credit for getting this off the ground and running in in dirtbag Dave, even though I like you just a little bit more. Uh, but seriously, man, and Davey obviously got love for him too, man. But just congrats on all the success and excited to continue to watch this. Keep growing, bro. Thank you. Thank you. It was not too far long ago where we were at Cigar City. It, like The, the, the old version of Cigar City, by the way. That was before yes. they redid the whole brewery. Yeah, they, did not, they didn't have the restaurant then. They had nothing. It was just like four tables. <laughs> like no air condition and a bunch of like medals <laughs> on the wall saying we're this or that. I'm like, okay, this place is cool. But um, all right, we're here to talk some fantasy football about the NFC South. You like you're a big Bucks guy, of course, Tampa Bay. I know you wore that to troll me, yeah, muscle, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he's gone, Zach, and he's never coming back. I want you to understand that. I want Tampa Bay fans to understand that. We thought Russell Wilson had a possibility of coming to Tampa Bay to fix this quarterback situation. Where do they go now? Well, I think, you know, this is an interesting week, not just for the Bucs, but for the rest of the league in terms of teams still looking for a quarterback or that might be open to upgrading their quarterback position because Deshaun Watson in Houston is still a name that we know is going to be on the move at some point out of Houston. And his legal troubles could have a lot more clarity by the end of this week than they've had in the last year, year and a half. And if that happens, you're going to see all these suitors pop back out. Now, I'm just going to kind of not bury the lead here. I honestly think that the Carolina Panthers are the team that end up with Deshaun Watson for a plethora of different reasons. But the Bucs are going to make a run and a play at Deshaun, assuming those legal troubles are cleared up by the end of week as well. But I, I think, you know, however you want to slice it, Deshaun Watson's going to be playing in the NFC South next season in some capacity. You know, again, not including whatever suspension comes along. Um or if this week the uh, stuff in the courtroom goes the opposite way and he's in more trouble. But assuming that there's some clarity by the end of the week, which a lot of people are expecting in his camp and around the league, um, 
yeah, I think we start to hear those rumors heat back up again and the Bucks will be mentioned inside there. Now, outside of that big swing and miss, you're looking at them bringing in potentially Blaine Gabbard again just to have him on the roster, not necessarily anointed as the starter. I think they'd bring him back, and I think they'd go after a guy like a Teddy Bridgewater, per se, uh, maybe a different veteran quarterback like a Trubisky, although I think Bridgewater is a guy that Bruce Arians loves. And then those two veteran quarterbacks, whoever they end up being, expecting one to be Gabbert, would compete with Kyle Trask. Uh, and then, you know, whoever wins in camp, which would be one of the veterans, will start week one, and it's only a matter of time at that point before Trask gets his shot uh, in a second season. No, I didn't think I'd get to this question so fast, so quickly into the program, but I, I have to ask it. You know, you're in the know. If a certain Jameis Winston was to come back to Tampa, let's just say, would he be welcomed by the fans, by the organization? Would we accept him as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback if that was a possibility? I think the fan base would be very split. Um, and honestly, it would be a bigger portion that wouldn't be on board with it than would be. Uh, and I think you saw that when he left and in, in, in his two years in New Orleans that he's had under his belt so far. I think there's always going to be a sliver of the Florida State fans here in the Tampa Bay area that just love Jameis. And look, I get it. I tell people all the time, I held help, hope out for Tim Tebow for so long, right? And I know he sucks. Like, I know he's not a great quarterback. And, and I understand all of that. But like, if you love your college program and it's the best quarterback to ever be there and they win a national championship they win a Heisman you're going to continue to have faith in that player really until their career's over and you're always going to talk about the best parts of their career after it's over so I get it I don't want to make it sound like I don't understand the sliver of the fan base that still believes that Jameis could come back to Tampa and take them you know to the promised land and make them a better team than they were his first stint you know and, and I'll always say this Josh no matter how you you cut this up like Jameis as the first overall pick when they took him was the right pick. Even still, even hindsight being 2020, at the time, it just made the most sense. So I don't knock the Bucks for bringing him on or, or any of the things that kind of happened afterwards. It just doesn't always work out, you know, in sports and, and just in life. And I think that was kind of the situation with Jameis. I don't think Bruce wants him back, though. And Bruce even said last or before Brady, two years ago now, that in his pecking order, Brady was, you know, the GOAT. that they could get him, they would, would, and they did. But it was Bridgewater before Jameis at that point. Now you're talking about Jameis coming off of a season-ending injury and Bridgewater, you know, kind of back there out and available. And you have Trask on the, the roster as well now. So I think between all of that wrapped into a bundle, it just doesn't make sense that Jameis would come back. I don't think there's a big enough portion of the fan base that would accept him. And then the other thing, too, is you do have Bruce Arians at the Combine talking about Jameis and basically pointing out, like, I don't think it would be good for Jameis to come back. And he phrased it like that. But, you know, basically that's him saying, I don't think it would be good for anybody if Jameis came back. Yeah, I don't see how anyone could accept him after what he did in New Orleans, in the locker rooms, dancing like a fool, doing the eating the W's like behind Drew Brees. Like, honestly, great television, great gif. I love it. It's one of my favorite all-time Jameis <laughs> moments. Like, it's just so Jameis. But there's no way. But for the fantasy part of it, because we are a fantasy show, yeah, I don't want Teddy in Tampa. That would be horrible for Mike Evans or Chris Godwin or whoever's playing tight end for this Tampa Bay Bucks. Like, you're, just, you're wrong. Dreadful. I'm not wrong. You're wrong. Because, listen, you know just as well as I do, and I'm glad you brought up Jameis, because Jameis is a great example about how a guy can – not be good for a team, but still be a good fantasy quarterback. Bruce Arians offense and Byron Leftwich calling plays. You're still going to get a lot of explosive 
options and routes and plays <laughs> called and schemed. Now, look, they're not all going to go as well as they did with Brady the last couple years in terms of being a top five offense. And there's going to be more turnovers and turmoil for sure. But I don't think it completely tanks a Chris Godwin or Mike Evans, uh, you know, value in terms of fantasy. Yeah, it, it'll knock them down a tick. But but still, I the way this scheme is set up in Tampa Bay under Bruce and his offense, there's still going to be a lot of fantasy points on the board for those guys. Teddy's like the anti-explosive player, though. Like, <laughs> well, he then, really is. I, I, again, he won't be in there very long, then, because that's all Bruce Arians' offense is. He has a big arm, though, and Bruce would push him to at least try those explosive plays. You know, I was so I was so in on Teddy going to Denver last year. Like I wrote articles about it. Judy's my breakout. Jerry Judy, this DJ Moore before that led the NFL in air yards. So why couldn't Jerry Judy? And then we saw what Jerry Judy did. We saw what Cortland Sutton didn't do. And yeah. now he comes here. Is Mike Evans now not going to reach a thousand yards like he always does? What does Mike Evans do? He lives off of that big play potential, whereas Godwin will live off the targets. And if those like the, if there's no big play potential with Mike Evans, it's kind of useless to me. Like he's kind of worthless on my fantasy roster. Potential. You don't think whatever quarterback it is is going to find themselves in moments just heaving it into the sky, praying <laughs> for Evans to catch it. And Evans is a big dude. He's going to catch a lot of those balls. Plus, Godwin probably won't be there to start the season. You mentioned being thinner at the receiver position overall, no AB, the tight end position, you're going to have a completely different running back room probably. So I, I think really if you're talking about value, I would be surprised if Mike Evans wasn't drafted close to where he was drafted last year in most leagues because I, I like uh, of all the things I just said, like the scheme still works for him, less competition for targets, especially to start the season with Godwin coming back from his injury regardless of the quarterback, the offense is still going to supposed or in theory, it's supposed to still run the way that Bruce wants it to. In theory. I love how you said like the, so, so were you telling me Tom Brady was a system quarterback in Bruce Arians offense? Is that what you were telling me? I'm saying he maximized the system that Bruce Arians put into place. Just like Matt Stafford maximized Sean McVay's system more than Jared Goff could. I don't think Matt Stafford's a system quarterback, but I think he maximized McVay's system. That's why we saw a great, year Super Bowl run from Stafford, even with the interceptions. And I think the same can be said about Brady and Bruce's offense. Right. Okay. So let's, you brought up the thin running back room. It's the thinnest it's ever been. I think only Keyshawn Vaughn is there. Uh, Fournette's gone. I, I don't, is Ronald Jones in the XFL yet? Is oh, he? he'll be picked up. He'll be on a squad. You know, yeah, listen, he'll be on the, he'll be on a practice squad. You, you no, he'll, be, he'll, get a, he'll get like a two or three year deal. He will somewhere as like a, a, a handcuff running back, not to come in to be the bulk guy, but to help out maybe to go along with a rookie similar to what we saw last year, I think with a Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams in Denver, not to keep bringing up the Broncos, but I think you'll see Rojo kind of go somewhere. And Rojo was that way with, with Leonard Fournette really the last two seasons, even more so during the Super Bowl year. But yeah, I, the running back room is crazy, Josh. And, and this is why I love having these conversations with you because we both do so much in, in the fantasy football world separately, but we also have some crossover because we have a league together. We've played in different leagues and things. We, we've been playing fantasy football in the same you know sphere with each other for a very long time. And the league that we're in together now, I have no doubt in my mind that Keyshawn Vaughn is going to get taken way too high in, in, <laughs> in that draft. Like no doubt. And I can't wait. Cause I don't even care who else they bring in. You already know. The first thing I'm going to say is he's not even the best running back in the room for the bucks, man. He's not even RB one. So it'll be interesting. Um, I do expect the bucks to draft an, a running back in the first, you know, between rounds two and four, I'd say. Uh, and you're definitely going to see them bring in another receiver because you had guys like Tyler Johnson and, and albeit to injury, Scotty Miller kind of not be as good as you would hope they would in, in extra time last year. Uh, so I, I do think the Bucks 
running back room, just like the quarterback competition, at least in training camp, is going to be pretty wide open. I don't think you're going to see them have a, a stud bulk guy come in. They're going to be looking to make it more of committee again. Do they sign a free agent? Do they look at a free agent? There's not much out there, but we've already done the free agent show. There's really not much going on in, in the world of running backs. The J.D. Mm-hmm. McKissicks of the world or yeah. you know, M- Melvin Gordon's pretty much going back to Denver, but right. there's not much out there. So who are you eyeing in the draft? Like, I know, don't give me Pierce because I know that's your guy. Why not? You were in Alabama. Tell me he didn't look good. He looked phenomenal. I'm in on Pierce. Like, I really am on Pierce. And Tampa would be a perfect landing spot, in my opinion, for a running back like that and that offense. I love it. Give some love to Pierce. Like, tell me what – Tell you're a Florida fan, right? Did you yeah, go there? No doubt. Did you go there? Oh, you're funny. You got jokes. So here's the thing with Damian Pierce. And, and I'll admit, you know, I've, I've fallen into this trap with a Gators running back in the draft like every other year, it feels like. You know, I was telling somebody the other day how I feel about Damian Pierce. It's the same way I talked about Kelvin Taylor, right? Uh, Gillisley. Remember your boy, Mike Gillisley. Like there's a mm-hmm. million running backs that have come out of Florida <laughs> since Urban's era ended like you know, 20 years ago now or whatever it was. Then I'm like, this guy just didn't get enough plug and play in the Gators offense. He's going to be better in the NFL. And I feel that way about Damian Pierce. I mean, I think if you ask any Gators fan, you know, the moves that Mullen made that, or didn't make, I should say, that held him in that team back most last year, the first thing you're going to hear from pretty much anybody outside of maybe Anthony Richardson in the quarterback situation is why didn't he use Damian Pierce more? Why wasn't Pierce running the ball more? And this is a guy who did flash at the senior bowl. Again, you were there, you saw it firsthand. This is a guy who has plenty of strength in like wow moments. You saw him at the combine saying losing the bench. And he was like, I got it. And he throws it. You want that kind of guy. That's the kind of not even running back. That's a player that you want on your team, on your roster. You go back and watch the game against Florida state, had his helmet knocked off, still dragged like three Knowles defenders into the end zone for the touchdown. I got called back, but that's a different story. Uh, so this is a guy that I think a lot of teams, fan bases are going to fall in love with. You know, I, my friends that are Miami dolphins fans want them Right. My friends that are Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pretty much any team in the league that's like not like Derrick Henry, you know, and the Titans, like teams that are looking for a running back help in the draft are like, ooh, this Damian Pierce guy looks good. And he's a later round pick. He's not a first or a second or probably a, you know, third, even with the hype he's getting now. So, yeah, I think that for me, even with the bias, that's a cat I'll look at. Um, I'm not big on taking running backs in the first round. If there's like a, what you believe to be like a generate, not generational even really, but one of the better backs in the draft in the second round. And you want to take them a little bit earlier. I can live with that a little bit easier. I just never take a running back in the first round. So I think, um, you know, in terms of the draft, there's certainly a few guys like that you can look at. And then in terms of the free agency, you're right. It's, it's thin. Uh, you look, and I think back to last year with like a guy like Gio Bernard, who is a free agent again, maybe he comes back, right. Maybe he remains a part of the room on a cheap deal, but that type of running back that, it's not going to be brought in and you're like, oh, great. He's our starting running back in Tampa Bay. Just to add another name, you, you need to fix the room. And, and Bruce has shown that for the most part, if you have a good room on this offense, you can get things going. Yeah, I would recommend 
draft no running backs from the Buccaneers on your fantasy team. Seriously, because it's going to be interchanging. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be like the Patriots, but less, way less. Let's pivot on to another team because we are breaking down the NFC South. A player that just got suspended for the full season for gambling. Only 1500 though. It was only 1500 Now, <laughs> Calvin Ridley and the Falcons, God, they are in a world of trouble. They, their running back room is probably worse. You got CPAT as a free agent. Mike Davis, old man. He didn't do anything last year. They have no receivers to speak of. Like, they're probably the worst team in the NFL. Uh, yeah. I mean, in ter- <laughs> I'm like, like it's t- I don't like to give a team that, you know, moniker. But, but I will say, you know, right now, right now, and again, you still have the draft and you still have a lot of, you know, offseason and free agency. And I've heard some rumors. I've heard two different things coming out of Atlanta, right? I've heard the rumor that Atlanta brass is thinking, okay, NFC South is way down. Screw it. Let's just go out there and try to make some major moves to surround Matt Ryan for like one last run. I've also heard Matt Ryan's a big cap hit. We're going to suck. Let's get this guy out of town and save some money and move forward into the future. So I think the Atlanta Falcons are in this weird place of, you know, understanding their team and their roster not being good, but also still having some belief in Matt Ryan on the roster that, hey, maybe we can have one more run. He was an MVP one year. We did get to a Super Bowl. So I think the Falcons are in this weird, like, no man's land, at least in-house. Outside of the bubble looking in, though, Josh, like you said, I don't love any of it. I don't want anything to do with any of it. And they're just, and this is, it, I, I talk about this a lot with the Bucks, obviously being in Tampa, and, and this is one of those off seasons. It's tough when you're in this position because there's too many holes to fill in one off season. Realistically, the Falcons could get the running back room figured out or the receiving room, or, you know, maybe the quarterback of the future, as opposed to who's there now and Matt Ryan. Yeah. Maybe they'll figure out some of these things. Maybe it'll be defensively what they get figured out but you're not getting all that fixed in one off season. It's just not realistic. So it, it's a tough spot. Um, even in, in the division being as down as it is, uh, there's just, there's not a lot to love, but look, Hey, if they do decide for whatever reason to go the route of being all in on free agency, the draft, whatever else, and giving Matt Ryan one more run, you know, Matt Ryan might be a good value quarterback fantasy wise next year. The problem with Matt Ryan fantasy wise is he doesn't have the weapons like a Calvin Ridley like we expected. And when they are in the red zone, you can say, oh, Kyle Pitts, he's generational. He's amazing. And, hey, I've turned around on Kyle Pitts. I am a believer in Kyle Pitts. The guy is a stud. He's amazing. He's going to make the plays. The problem is is the red zone. Yeah. They don't have an offensive line. Yeah. They don't have one. And so now he's stuck blocking mm-hmm. for Matt Ryan so he doesn't die in the red zone. And now he has no targets. See, that's why CPAT was getting all the targets in the red zone while Kyle Pitts was staying there blocking. They have that figured out. Tight end should be the last thing figured out on offense, in my opinion. Yeah. We, we see the comparisons of Jamar Chase. They should have drafted a you know offensive lineman, blah, blah. We see the meme. You've seen them. I've seen them. I'm the only one saying they really drafted a tight end when they had an opportunity at a Justin Fields or a quarterback last year. You took a tight end over a quarterback. That makes no sense to me. And I really think it's biting them in the ass right now. And they have to deal with this $48 million cap hit with Matt Ryan and his arms kind of dead. They had, like I said, he has no weapons. What's the point? Like, how do you, what? But let's say they go through free agency in the draft and that, you know, they get a couple of linemen and, and then they're able to be cohesive for whatever reason, which allows Pitts to maybe go out on more routes, especially in the red zone. Uh, let's say, you know, they bring in one receiver and that room just ends up being better. I, I mean, look, I'm trying to be optimistic in terms of like the, in terms of their fantasy value. Like, I don't think the team's going to be good. And I don't think there's enough that they can do again in one offseason to get enough figured out where you feel comfortable, you know, taking any of these guys. Now, on the flip side, 
let's say they're able to move on from Matt Ryan. They do bring in a young guy and they're basically like, Hey, we're just going to let you go out there week one and figure it out. We're going to try to, you know, work through this first season with you knowing there's going to be bumps and bruises. Well, I think that doesn't, and this goes back to what I was saying too. Like there's certain situations where the team might not be in a good spot, but I don't know if that's going to tank a guy like Kyle Pitts value either. Cause that's the safety net, right? Like, yeah, he'll be blocking a lot, but if you got like a younger quarterback in there, that's going to be the easiest target to find on every passing play. So right. uh, it'll be interesting to watch. You know, I think Pitts is still going to get his draft wise from a lot of leagues in terms of, you know, being a top 10 kind of tight end and, and taking up there, maybe even top five again. We'll see. Um, but but there's just too much to fix in one offseason. So even the most optimistic people have to believe that the Falcons are going to be a tough team to take players off of in drafts next year. Yeah, Kyle Pitts is the only person I see actually rostering in a regular 12-team standard PPR league, whatever you want to call it. I hope they move him more to the outside because they, they are losing Hayden Hurst to free agency. He's leaving. Mm -hmm. The tight end room is a little bit thinner. But if they can add another like veteran tight end, maybe a good blocking tight end, get Kyle Pitts spread out because isn't it wild that he didn't play in the slot more? Like Gusecki, Gusecki from the Dolphins, they just franchise tagged him. He yeah. was the king of the slot. He led the league in tight ends for uh, air yards. Like he was, use him like they use Gusecki in Miami. So, He'd be so phenomenal. You're, so you're thinking they bring in another tight end to, to fill into that blocking role for Pitts and then they just move him outright to being like a receiver position during the same sets offensively, right? That's kind of what they you're need, getting at. They need to, if they want yeah. to be effective off, especially losing Calvin Ridley for a full year. That's your guy. That was your, you know, ride or die. That was your next Julio Jones, your next Roddy White. And now he did not only missed all of last season, he's missing I, all the next season. And I then hear who knows you. If he's going to be right. This goes back, and I'm just going to piggyback off of something you said not too long ago in this conversation. It goes back to this though, Josh it's not like you can build around Kyle Pitts and that's what we're trying to do right now. Right? Like we're trying to, we're like, how can you get the most out of Kyle Pitts? If you're Atlanta, <laughs> the easy answer is you can't because you're strapped by all these other roster moves that you need to make. You can't build around a tight end and tight end can only be a complimentary piece and even the best of them. Right? Like, I, and it's just, it's, it's a shame, but like, I, I don't know how his value will increase uh, no matter what they do this offseason. Now, again, I don't think it's going to take as much of a dive either, but I just – I think we're still going to be talking about maybe red zone issues, uh, if, if not more next season when it comes to him. But he'll still be – look, that tight end – bro, you know just as well as I do. That's like the worst position in fantasy football to draft, yeah. assuming you don't have kickers in your league. Like, <laughs> so, so even Pitt's not getting into the end zone is still going to give you more on a week-to-week -week than most guys. Yeah, it just – if he had the touchdown production, mm -hmm. just – four more touchdowns or just, you know, he'd be up there like top two. He'd be, he'd be yeah. up there with Kelsey and them. And you just want to see them touchdowns. Cause there's only what Kelsey Andrews Waller Pitt. Kittle. If he's healthy, dude, I've avoided Kittle in all of my life and I'm okay with it because I do cannot stay healthy. If he's, so I said, if he's healthy, I <laughs> so said, if he's healthy, speaking about healthy players, let's pivot on to the Carolina Panthers. We touched on it. We touched on Deshaun Watson. We touched on him possibly, being the quarterback. And if that happens, in my opinion, Carolina is the team to beat pending. If he doesn't get suspended or whatever happens, whatever mm -hmm. may happen. Mm -hmm. um, but now there's talks of him trading Christian McCaffrey. And I that's, that's the, that's the catch, bro. Is, is, is Christian McCaffrey in the Watson deal? Do we know? Have we heard anything? Is that what does? I don't understand what's happening. Every rumor I've heard, and and, I, and since the rumors, really, because again, it's been quiet the last few weeks, but since the Carolina rumors popped up originally, McCaffrey was involved in that package. And you think about what 
Seattle just got back from Denver, right? Three players, including Drew Locke, if you want to count him, but three players and a bunch of picks. Drew Locke. I, but he was one of the players technically traded. So if you're if you're Carolina and you're Houston and you're looking at that trade and you're Carolina and you're like, okay, we got to do what we can to get him. And you offer McCaffrey, just, just McCaffrey and like three firsts. Nobody can match that. In any capacity. And these are, you know, the Panthers weren't good, right? So they have an earlier draft pick compared to a team like the Bucs, which again is what I think hampers the Bucs the most in terms of these types of trades, these big deals, because they're they're picking too late in this year's draft for a team to be, you know, seduced by their picks, at least again for this season. But if you're the Panthers and you offer McCaffrey, who who has had a lot of injury issues himself, I mean, look, he's a fantastic player. Nobody's going to argue about that. But I don't know how many people are going to be confident drafting him next year that he'll be on the field for more than half the season, right? Like it's a, it's a risk. It's a gamble. And I think when you look at the Panthers and Matt rule, and I, by the way, real quick, non-fantasy, well, it's still fantasy relevant, but not as fantasy relevant. The fact that they moved on from Joe Brady, I thought it was a big mistake because I think he's one of the better minds offensively mm-hmm. in the game today. Uh, but separately from that, Matt rule still pretty, pretty smart in his own right. Like came in having like that, that, that Baylor genius offensive guy type of feel. And I do like Matt rule still, even though he's technically on the hot seat now, but if he can get hooked up with a guy like Deshaun Watson, even if they lose Christian McCaffrey, I think that team's still going to be the team to beat in the NFC South next year, regardless of C-Mac moving to Houston, where they're definitely going to run him into the ground and he's going to be injured at some point next year. It just doesn't make sense for a team like Houston who has no future. I guess Davis Mills is their future now, which is great. He's good. He's a, Decent rookie had a decent rookie year. Very yeah. impressive rookie year, actually. Um, why would you want Christian McCaffrey when you he's already 25, turning 26 this year? He's missed all these games. But yeah. if you look in the fantasy world of it, I think I broke this down with um Dave because mm-hmm. he wants to argue with me. CMC's my 101. If I'm picking today in a redraft league, he's still my first pick. He's still because in the 27 games he's played. He's missed, I think, three games due to injury. Like, not missed, but, like, got hurt mm-hmm. in the game. In the game. Mm-hmm. So, in those 27 mm-hmm. games, he was still a top five running back in 24 of 27, including the games he left because of injury. Top five. Mm-hmm. Not running back one. Not, oh, he was 11th. Not, oh, no. top. He And in top three, I think, like, 20 times. When he plays, he wins you that week. It's not even fair. It's like Gretzky for hockey. He's just going to score you 30 points. I remember... Hey, that's a that's down. a bold analogy. I mean, well, okay, name he's, another now player. he's Gretzky. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> name another player in fantasy that can score you 30 points without scoring a touchdown. I'll wait. Uh, not, I'll wait. not many these days. I mean, well, Christian you know. McCaffrey can. Yeah. He can get you the eight balls. Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and the Steelers there for a I while. I said now. I said now. I, I got you. Now there's no one. Even Jonathan Taylor yeah. still needs those he's touchdowns. Get in the end zone. Yeah, so so Christian McCaffrey can catch you 10 balls for 90 yards and still rush the ball 15 times for 150. You're set. You won the week. You scored 30 points. Yeah. You know, but in Houston, if he goes there, that to me, he goes from 101 to 103. Yeah. In my opinion, I'll have Jonathan Taylor jump him. And I'll have Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Those are my, Derek. yeah, those are my top. I'm on the guys. same page. So we're on the same page there for the most part. I, I mean, I don't have CMC as my one just because I just, I don't trust him to stay healthy, you know? And, and honestly, there was a 
couple drafts in other leagues last year where that's what made me skip over Dalvin Cook. And even though he ended up getting hurt later in the year, like I kicked myself because the guys I ended up with didn't produce as much as him. And I didn't take him simply because I was like, I don't know what, what if he gets hurt like week three and I'm spending the whole season wondering what, what to do. So that's I, I've been on both sides. I've had the guy that's been injured and I've skipped the guy that wasn't injured because I thought he'd be injured. So I, I think McCaffrey still, I mean, however you slice it, going to be a top five guy. It's just how much of a risk those drafters feel one through five. And, and for me, if I was with the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Over first overall, I would just feel like it'd be too big of a risk. I'd feel more comfortable taking uh, a Jonathan Taylor or even a Derrick Henry coming off of that injury that he is, you know, even though he was kind of able to return, he was, he wasn't hundred percent, but I would feel better about those two guys. Um, but that being said, when you look at why Houston would do this, they're probably getting it at that point, right? It's more about the picks, but McCaffrey coming in gives you instant star power. He becomes the face of that franchise, at least next year. If they trade for him, you don't have to worry about the quarterback position for a year in terms of like it being your, your star that you show off to everybody that you put on all your programs that you put on the side of the stadium. It'll be Christian McCaffrey. And then it gives you time to build everything else while he's out there basically just taking punishment for you know 17 games as the best running back in the league and again now he'll get hurt like no doubt but i i think if you're houston you're like okay well we get our first rounders we can you know draft a quarterback in the future this year or we can ride with mills and draft him next year we can use those picks to trade for maybe we swing for the fences next offseason and we're able to trade for a big time quarterback i don't know who i'm just saying generally and uh so it gives them a lot of options and a lot of flexibility all the while being like hey right now in houston come to our games you can watch christian mccaffrey who's the best they'll say the best running back in the league and he could score five touchdowns three on the ground two catching and he'll be phenomenal to watch like that's how they would sell it Yep, and they would sell a lot of jerseys. Now, Sam Darnold is still a Carolina Panther on March 9th, right? He's still there. <laughs> what? Like, it's not it's not funny, Zach. I had high hopes for this guy when he got traded to Carolina. He's on a lot of my dynasty teams, and it's not very funny, Zach. I don't appreciate this. Is. You know what's funny is now, now that I'm like it's 2022 and I can see the light, Sam mm-hmm. Darnold and Carson Wentz, I can't tell them apart. I really can't like they're the same player to me in my opinion and they're both going to be cut no jobs backing up to whoever they're going to be backing up even washington doesn't even want these guys like that's the sad part <laughs> yeah. all right more on carolina though that's, yeah. that's that's not trash sam Darnold. i feel like though if he was <laughs> i feel like if he if they do make a trade for watson like he has to be in the deal like he can't yeah. stay there he's the drew lock of that trade <laughs> seriously you listen because you got to throw in a quarterback so then what you do is you bring in him right because i think tyrod taylor who is a free agent too he was the backup right to, mm-hmm. to Mills, i believe so if 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 he's a free agent and you trade for darnold although i don't know how much carolina is willing to eat of that contract and that like that all those numbers 
that's it's too that's too complicated to figure out right now, at least for just hypothetical sake. But yeah, I think you throw Darnold in there, and then you still have Dave, you have Mills still right. So you got your younger guy, and then again, it gives them flexibility. They can go young again in the first round with a good pick, or they can say we're going to ride with what we got. Let McCaffrey be the face next year and try to build up more. I, but I do wonder too. Okay, so like if they go that route and they get McCaffrey. And they get these picks and whether in this scenario is from Carolina, I wonder if they continue to trade off even more at, not that they have more assets, but I wonder if they like look to make some other moves to get some more picks in and then say, okay, we're going to let McCaffrey be the face. We're going to let Mills be the guy. And then we're just going to kind of stumble through this season and then go all in next year. What I think, I think somewhere in this mix of quarterback mm-hmm. carousel, there's one quarterback that's being talked about, but not really. And his name is Jalen hurts. I think he's going to end up somewhere, whether it be Houston, whether it be Carolina, if they can't get a deal done with Watson. I think Jalen Hurts is the big piece that nobody's talking about because we know, I know at in least. In general or with the Watson stuff? With, with the Watson stuff. I think okay. wherever, like, I feel like Hurts is somehow going to be involved. Whether the team that's losing Watson will get him. Something's going to happen. The Philadelphia Eagles have been trying to trade this guy. Yeah. For a year and a half now. We all know this. Like, they've been, tr- for some reason, they hate Jalen Hurts. I can't understand it. I don't think you can, un- maybe, I don't know if you're a hater or not. I'm, I like Jalen Hurts, man. I do. I, I, I'm, if I'm Philly, I believe in him and I'm going to continue to try to build around him. Look, they made the postseason. I know they got blown out by the Bucs and, and they kind of backed their way in in terms of that division. Uh, the wild card, I should say, the extra wild card. But yeah. all that being said, I, I still believe in Hurts. I like what he can do on the ground. I think he's good enough throwing. Um, I just don't think he's – I think you try – again, I just think you try to build around him a little bit more offensively uh, speaking, that is, when it comes to the Eagles. But that being said, you know, and this is kind of the question I'll throw at you then back to the Panthers and the Watson stuff with the Hurts stuff. If you're Houston, and again, as a believer in Hurts, would you rather have like three first? Now, mind you, right now, too, these are higher picks because the Eagles got mm-hmm. deeper into the season. Would you rather have three picks, first round picks for the next three years, and Christian McCaffrey from Carolina, or Hertz and three first round picks in the next three years from the Eagles? I still think you would go with the Carolina side personally. And I like Hertz. I just, I like Hertz too, but I'm sitting there thinking, give me the quarterback that I know that could do something rather than shot in the dark. Let me try to get Ritter. Let me try to get strong or whoever quarterback they just choose to pick in the draft or next year's draft. Give me a guy who's going to give me the electricity that can throw the ball deep downfield, connect with Brandon Cooks, and then you still get the three first rounds as in this running back who's going to be burnt out in two years. We already know he's going to be burnt out. Running backs are here today, gone tomorrow. Like they really are. I'm think, I was just looking at, I was looking back at like Todd Gurley. He was on top of the world. Gone. Look, but. There's more. There's more running backs. Cadillac Williams. He had those two good years. Gone. Ronnie Brown. Gone. It's just all these guys. Why would you trade for a running back? Yes, he's high profile. Yes, he's the face of the NFL or could be. But give me that face of the quarterback. All right. Give me the guy who's going to win games. All right. New question in this in this hypothetical. Then as we continue to roll through it, do you feel more confident bringing in Hurts and seeing if he can be your guy in Houston, or would you rather have Bryce Young in a year out of Alabama? Bryce Young. 
but that, and that goes and that, again that's conceptual right like i'm not saying i i mentioned him specifically but whoever the number one or number two quarterback is next year and that's my whole thing is like okay well why would you bring in hurts and then if you decide he's not the guy in a year and it doesn't work out in houston that's a waste of a trade even if you only get two years out of mccaffrey and he's only the face for one and then he's banged up in year two or whatever it ends up being that's still way more value than bringing in hurts for a year being awful and taking bryce young or whatever other top quarterback you want in the next draft so again a lot of what like the way i approach it is conceptual because we look and this is what houston's got to do right like you can look at right now and it's like okay well, what about next year but more importantly what about the next three years after that with those picks and whatever player or players come along with it um and i think that's what seattle's doing right now by the way i Mm -hmm. i think i think that there's a you know a little rumor maybe they're trying to build up to go for watson maybe they want no, they're rebuilding. I think they're. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're trying to go after Watson. I think they're doing that conceptual thought process of okay, well, yeah, we'll suck next year, but we got a couple players, we got a bunch of picks, and then we'll really be able to go out and get like a Bryce Young or whoever. Again, I, I keep using his name because I'm stuck on him right now for some reason. But that type of quarterback early next year in the draft, um, or even this year, you know, maybe they fall in love with one of the guys uh, that's projected to go in the first round, even though it's supposed to be a weaker class. Every year, there's at least one or two quarterbacks, right? That kind of pop more than you expect them to, or, or, or pop enough that you're like, okay, they can be a franchise, potentially a franchise quarterback. So, I just think it makes more sense conceptually if you're moving on from a guy like Watson, not to bring in a Hurts and then try to figure that out. Get the picks, take McCaffrey, and, and eat your lumps for a year. Yep, I agree. Let's move on to the New Orleans Saints, the last team in this NFC South. Gosh, is the winner of the NFC South going to get like seven wins? Like is, is that yeah. what we're aiming? Is that what? Not seven. Be? It'll be like nine or ten. But you know, I what yeah. was it two years ago? We called it the NFC least, right? Yeah, the the yeah, NFC. Yeah. That's exactly what the South's going to be next year. It's going to be a team that you know. It, I would with the extra game. You think one of these teams will get the double digit wins? But like nine, ten wins is going to get a winner in this division. And uh, yeah, I. Yeah. I can tell you right now, there isn't a team in this division, again, barring Watson to Carolina, that I would bet on in any capacity to win a playoff game. But that's, you know, we'll get there in a year. Well, the Saints are my favorite team coming out of the South. They're my, like, favorite. If I had, a, if I was allowed to gamble like Calvin Ridley, I would gamble on them being the <laughs> NFC South winners. Come on, Hard Rock app. Like, just come back. Like, that was fun for a couple weeks. Talk, um, and think about this. If they were still live right now, think about how much publicity they'd be getting, right? Everyone would be like, right. oh, I got to check out this app that Calvin Ridley was on. <laughs> was that the app he was using? I heard he 100%. was in Florida. Ha- had to be because it was the only app that we had here in the state. They, they, they monopolized, you know, well, they didn't monopolize it. They were the only ones that were like, we'll figure out legislation later. We're going live. I've seen <laughs> and, the commercials. Uh, You've seen the commercials. Florida yeah. can't be bought. Well, no. <laughs> It, well, it worked, though, because now it won't be back on the ballot. And this is something I was talking about on the morning show on DAE with Ronnie and T-Crass uh, a couple of days ago. I was like, now it won't be even back on the ballot to vote for until 2024. So those commercials of like, don't let them come in here and take it worked because basically you had enough people that voted against yeah. it that now and now it didn't not only did it not happen, it won't even be up for discussion for another two years. What a shame. But let's get to the New Orleans Saints where their quarterback <laughs> situations probably it's shaky at best. I mean, Taysom is somewhat a quarterback, maybe Taysom Hill. I know, I know that I loved him coming out because I said he's the the what Tebow should have done. 
and and you've always hated that. I get it. You always hated that. He's the un, he's the ultimate not selfish player. He'll do whatever it takes to win a football yeah. game. He's a team player. Um, I just don't think he's a franchise. He is. I just don't think he's a franchise quarterback. So I don't mm. know the situation with well, that. But I know they have the best defense in this division. Fair. I think, and I think that's going to make them win more games. Make the game slow down. Alvin Kamara. They're going to use that running game. I don't know if Kamara's going to be suspended. I don't know that situation yet. I haven't really deep-dived into it for punching someone in the face. You might know because I try to stay away from that news. No? I, I don't think there's any talk yet about – there's so much other stuff going on right now in the league that that is something there hasn't been any news about. I just since, got Kamara in the fifth weekend. round. In the fifth round of a best well, draft. I know it's a completely different situation, but I remember when Le'Veon Bell held out in Pittsburgh, You know that was a year where – he still went high in most drafts and people were like, ah, we'll figure it out. And uh, <laughs> there isn't one owner in fantasy that took Levy on that year that didn't regret it. Like that doesn't still regret it, you know? So uh, Call it the Jeremy, the Jeremy Waldrop curse. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. Uh, Every yeah, year, man. man. So, I mean, like for me, I don't fifth round is crazy, bro. Cause his value is so good. I mean, I think even with the the uncertainty of how much he'll play and all that, like, you know, he's not going to get suspended the year, which is ironic because, again, Ridley's out for a full year for gambling. Kamara knocks somebody out, and it's like, we know he's not going to be suspended a full season. He'll probably get, you know, I would guess somewhere between, like, three and six games, and then he'll appeal whatever that is, and it'll end up being, like, two to three games, depending on what the initial one is. So, you know, I think at most he'll miss, like, a month of the season on the front end. And for me, that value with him – still way higher than a fifth rounder. I mean, if that's the case, he's still, in my opinion, at least second round, if not like in a snake draft, like, you know, you, I would go back to back. I would go with him and another running back and just say in, in a month of the game, I'll have two of the best backs in the league and I can wait. Yeah. My favorite thing I've been doing to pivot off that is um in the back end at 112, I go Jamar mm-hmm. Chase and Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And I love that stack. I don't know how you feel. I know you're a Justin Jefferson guy. Yeah. No, you, you kept him last year in our keeper league. Who are you keeping this year, by the way? Can you give me some inside information? Oh, I got to go look, man. See, I'm in too many keeper leagues now. So, like, I, I at the end of the fantasy football season, I kind of make a decision without it being 100% on, like, the guys that I plan to keep in each league. And then I just don't pay attention for, like, a good month or two. And I actually – it's funny because in one of my other leagues that you know that I'm in uh, with some other guys from Gainesville, I just was looking at this, like – Wait, why were you in Gainesville? No, no, no. The guys that are in the league I met in Gainesville. They're my buddies. What, what were you doing up there? Did you go to some school up there? Uh, two for two, Josh. All right. I see you. Yes. Florida Gator alum. Um, but I was just looking at that on that league. I got to go back and check hours because I don't think I'm not. I don't think I'm allowed to keep JJ again. I have to go look. I should have looked ahead keep, of time. I, I set you up. You're going to keep Dobbins. Remember, I gave you Dobbins for Waddle and I got Dobbins like in the 14th round. Yes. But I got you to tweet out that Zach Thomas is a Dallas Cowboy. So really, at the end of the day, Neither of us won the league last year, but I got that tweet for life. So I think <laughs> I'm the real winner here. I definitely uh, deleted that tweet. Never existed. I screenshot it. I have it in my phone. I'm going to tweet it out after this, this conversation on uh, OUS I today. I can't wait to block you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know what we're talking about. Oh, we're talking about the Saints. Stacks. 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 Well, yes, about the stacks. So, like, I think that's my favorite conversation in fantasy football today. I had a, a buddy last year in his league, not one that I'm in with him, but a separate one that he plays. And he was telling me he did this like wide receiver only draft where for the first, I think five rounds, he only took wide receivers. 
and he made the playoffs in that league. And I don't think he won, but he finished, I think, top three. Um, and there's, it's just the idea between, because I think we can all agree, like, and we already talked about the tight end position being thin and like, you know, outside of two or three guys on the top side. And then um, quarterback is just so deep. I mean, right. Matt Stafford was like drafted middle of the, if not mm-hmm. late rounds in a lot of leagues. So, so anyways, so running backs and receivers is the most interesting conversation you can have in any fantasy football league, because there's so many different ways to approach it. Do you go with best player available? Do you go running back, running back? Because there's not as many of them. Do you say, Hey, running backs are going to be weird. Anyways, we can never figure it out. I'm just going to take receivers. I know we're going to ball out and be healthy. Probably. Um, what burned me is the one year I decided, you know what? I'm going to go the receiver route. I'm going to do some stacks was the year that Michael Thomas didn't play a freaking game for the saints two seasons ago. And, uh, I, I got burnt by that so bad, by the way, we all have a don't draft list. Michael Thomas is on my never draft again list because of that year. Oh my God. Don't get me started. And we are talking saints. So this is perfect. He's the most overrated receiver in the league but that's a separate story uh dave dave campbell right now is loving you if he's so this. bad bro i i and again okay let me that's not fair he's not bad but he's not like a clear-cut wide receiver one he's not a clear-cut top five top 10 receiver michael thomas is a good receiver and he had some really good years uh thanks to some very favorable route running that wasn't like high high difficulty routes that he was running a lot of slants but, but nonetheless, look, he was productive. From a fantasy standpoint, he was as productive as anybody. He was phenomenal. He was a stud. Drew Brees, out. Now you don't know. I, I just think it's done, bro. Unless, like, they get Watson, and then maybe we can reapproach the conversation. But in general, just from a talent standpoint, just from a wide receiver standpoint, like, Michael Thomas isn't in my top 10, man. And he, honestly, he hasn't been. And I, I don't know. I don't understand how you can say that about Michael Thomas, about how – he doesn't have the quarterback, whatever, yada, 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 favorable mm-hmm. targets, whatever, slants. Yes, slants are not easy to run, but they are a efficient target. Like, they really are. So how can you say he's not going to be efficient with whatever quarterback he has running these slants, but Mike Evans will when he depends on deep balls and touchdowns and he's got Kyle Trask throwing the ball? What's the difference? Yeah, yeah I think, well, I think the difference is the difficulty. You're talking about Mike Evans going up for a jump ball. And that's his bread and butter and he's bigger high pointing the ball. He's bigger than most of the cornerbacks. Like, and that's, that's the type of play where you can have a pocket collapse. You can have a rookie quarterback or a younger quarterback heaving it and still find some win probability with your receiver there on slants. You got to be more pinpointed, you know, and it's like not even to say that Michael Thomas can't run those routes crisp because he can very well. And we've seen that, but you've got a lot more traffic and a lot more difficulty from quarterback to receiver when those are the plays you're trying to make completions on more likely to be tipped more likely because of the angle of the ball more likely to be tipped more likely to be picked off all those things um then a jump ball so i just think it's a very different approach in terms of like what does and doesn't work and i'll be honest like again i'm a little salty with michael thomas because he plays for the saints and because of the year that i drafted him so like i'm not going to act like there isn't some inherent bias there because there is i just i'm not a believer in him man it's a top 10 guy i'm just not it's just crazy to me because when Michael Thomas plays a full season, I have the numbers right in front of me. He's finished seventh, fourth, sixth, first. Yeah. He's never been outside the top 10 when he plays a full season. Yes. Top 10 in fantasy, by the way. Top 10 in fantasy. Top 10 in That's fantasy. what we're talking. Are we a fantasy show? Are we, yes. are we not a fan? So here's my point. Is but I said he's productive. I said, look, he can be productive. You got a quarterback that can get him the ball. Fine. Sure. But it's very, it is very dependent on that quarterback. Um, You know, I think that there's, 
I think we would have had a much clearer picture of the conversation. And I saw Davey just pop up there. He's got him at wide receiver 16. I, I think it would have been interesting to see him and Jameis kind of and how they were able to kind of get along on the field in terms of X's and O's. And we didn't really get to see that last year. So I, I think it's very unclear. I think the argument that you have for him being a top 10 fantasy guy and, and my argument basically against him, I think both are, are viable conversations right now. We just – until we see him on the field again, fully healthy for a full season with a quarter and find out who's quarterback's going to be. It's just tough, man. But, but let me ask you this then Josh. So top 10 guy, again, let's just assume he's fully healthy. Let's just assume he plays all next season. Let's say his quarterback is Taysom Hill or Jameis or both. If they do like the two for, do you think he's going to finish the year as a top 10 receiver? Yes. If he plays a full season, he will finish as a wide receiver top 10. Hold on, I, I don't do 10. You're do 12. kidding me. All right, do, yeah, that's he'll right. be a wide There's receiver, a wide receiver one. <sighs> he will be a wide receiver one because he's gonna demand the targets. Who else? Davey, don't Davey, don't get say give me Deontay Johnson. You're a Deontay Johnson hater, by the way. You're a fraud. But <laughs> let's go back to Michael Thomas, where he will demand the targets, and targets are opportunity. He's gonna demand 150 targets. He had 149 and 17, 147 and 18, 186 and 19, which will never happen again. But Brees. he's going to, with Drew Brees, I under, understood. But if Mike Evans could be a top five receiver with Jameis, why can't Mike Evans or why can't Michael Thomas? They're different I receivers. I just, we just went over this. I, we They're just went over this. But, but what I'm saying is, is he's going to run these little slants. That, are they really going to throw it to? Who's that Traquan Smith out of UCF or, or the other bum Marquez Callaway who everyone fell in love with in preseason? No, they have nobody else. It boils down to the whole Kyle Pitts thing we were talking about in Atlanta. When you have nobody else, you're going to get the opportunity. And when he's the only guy there, fully healthy, back in football shape, he's going to get 150 targets. He's going to produce because there's going to be nobody else. I'll say this. And I, we can go in circles all day on it. We obviously feel, again, differently. And, I, again, I think both of our arguments have – a breath of, you know, viability right now, knowing what we know, because we, we haven't seen him really with another quarterback. So I think there's, a, that's an interesting angle and his draft position will be one of the most intriguing just based on this conversation and how a lot of people feel next year in drafts. I'll just say this though, when it comes to potentially Jameis being his quarterback, Jameis, his last year in Tampa Bay got eaten alive by linebackers in terms of picking him off mm. and just watching and reading him. So if for whatever reason, it is Jameis, and and you're relying on Michael Thomas as a as a mostly purely slant route runner to get balls from Winston. You're going to see a lot of those tipped and picked off. Like I said, even more so than if it was a different quarterback out there. And I I mean we've seen Taysom in there. I'd have to go look. I don't know what their numbers are like to be honest. Like I don't know how often Taysom finds him when he's in there and he's actually throwing the ball. Um, the fact that it doesn't pop off in my head a lot makes me feel like not much. But I just I, I don't know, man. I, I'll say this. I don't think Michael Thomas is the type of receiver that can be a top 12 fantasy producer if he doesn't have a above average quarterback in there. That's That could be fair, but I think Jameis will be an above average quarterback. He has LASIK now. He didn't have LASIK back in Tampa, so he's going to see these linebackers. Zach, please don't do this to Michael Thomas. All right, I, I roster him in way too many dynasty leagues. So we are assuming that Jameis will be back in New Orleans. I do, I do, I do assume yeah, that. I'm yes. with that, too. It makes the most sense, especially with coming off that injury, right? Like, very for different reasons, but similar situation to last offseason where it just makes the most sense. And again, Taysom Hill being the only other guy on the roster, it's like, now, 
we'll see. I mean, maybe Jameis gets a more, a better offer elsewhere. Maybe he goes to Seattle. I know people think that maybe he could end up in Pittsburgh. I don't, but we'll see. Um, I just feel like, uh, I feel like Jameis does end up ultimately back in new Orleans. And, uh, I just, again, that to me, that's not a good enough quarterback that I buy into, uh, Michael Thomas being a top 12 fantasy receiver. If it is Jameis last question. And then I got to go. As far as ADP wise, ADP, mm-hmm. right? You know mm-hmm. what ADP stands for, I'm assuming? Average draft position. There you go. Would you <laughs> would you rather have a Mike Evans with Kyle Trask at his spot? Like he's mm-hmm. being drafted very, very high for some reason still, or Michael Thomas in the tenth round. So Mike Evans in the fifth or Michael Thomas in the in the tenth. Like that that's a big difference. Every player has their price, and then there's a huge gap there when I think they're gonna have the same production in the end whether it be catches, whether it be touchdowns, whether it be yardage, there's going to be some differences, but in the end, they'll be around that same number. I would take both of them. To be honest with you, if you're telling me I get Mike in the fifth and uh, Michael Tom, Mike Evans in the fifth and Michael Thomas in the 10th, give me that stack. You want to stack receivers. I'll go running back, running back, running back, and then I'll get those guys. I feel um, like Michael Thomas is going to win a lot of people leagues this year because he's going to be the guy that everyone forgets. And they're, they're very, just they're very spiteful. Like you, you even said it like the year I draft him, he didn't play. Well, People are going to be off of him, in, especially in home leagues, and you're going to steal this guy as your wide receiver five, and you're never going to look back. What are you, what are you rocking there? A woven water hat, right? Yeah. I bet, you a, I bet you a – no. Man, I should get you new headphones instead. But I, I bet you a <laughs> woven water brew of your choice that Mike Evans has a better fantasy year next year without even knowing either of the quarterback situations for sure than Michael Thomas. So it's – Michael, all it is is more fantasy points, or is it fantasy points per game? More fantasy points. Well, well, you mean if they're injured? Yeah, that's fair. Fantasy points per game. Yeah, because that, that you're basically taking into consideration if they're hurt, right? right. Okay. Fa- fantasy points per game, but there has to be an average. You have to play at least 10 games or the whole thing's null. So, so like 10 if games. You have, if you get Michael Thomas for three games and he has like three touchdowns and his average is like through the roof because of that, you have to play at least 10 games um, and we'll take average, yeah. I think we have some breaking news. Uh, ben Albright confirmed Wentz to Washington. I mean, I'll look. I, well, remember, too, poor Washington, man. They, they're swinging and missing on everybody. And we just kind of talked about why we think Deshaun could end up in Carolina. You brought up Philadelphia. Washington definitely was making a play for him. Um, but, look, they want a big-time quarterback. They just – basically haven't been able to get one and once I, I don't know. I mean, you talk about a team that I want nothing to do with. Yeah, no, that's confirmed uh, Schefter on it too. Uh, with Albright, I think being first on it. Oh, it's a trade though. That's what I was wondering. Cause I was like, I don't think I've seen the Colts cut him yet. I'm interested to see this. So as I kind of try to pull it up here, so it is a trade. Doesn't say what the trade is yet, but yeah, Wentz traded to Washington. I mean, I'm, that you, I would be hard pressed to find one person not named Carson Wentz or Ron Rivera that thinks that's going to work out. And I don't <laughs> even think Ron Rivera probably would agree. I'm just here for the Wentz revenge games. All right, Philadelphia twice a year. Let's do it. That's going to be fun. I can't wait to see the left-handed interceptions in the end zone. But that being said, I'm glad we broke some news on the show. I got to get out of here. You can find. Ooh, I got Zach the trade. Potter. I got the trade. Oh, Carson you got the Wentz trade. for two third-round picks. Wow. That's more yep. than I thought. Agreed. That's more than I thought they were going to get for Carson Wentz. 
Yeah. This, uh, the quote is just to show how powerful the quarterback position is. Carson Wentz for two thirds. All right. That's all I got. Yikes. Thank you. All right. You can find Zach Blobner weekdays, six to 9 a.m. on the Ronnie and T crash show. iHeartRadio radio 95.3. I still listen to six twenty. by the way. I'm an FAM guy. Old it's a better school. signal. It's a better signal. You is got it a better it. signal. Yeah. But um, I love to hear you on there. You're one of my best friends. You're one of my favorite people. I can't wait to see you. Do I, do I really need to send the RSVP? Can I show you? No, no. My fiance will murder you in the nicest way possible. I know she will. But thanks for coming on the show. Um, until next time, um, I look forward to You know what? Let's book it right now. Can I have you on during the preseason? Yeah, man. Let's do it. Let's get it All rocking. Right. Let's book you for preseason. But until next time, see you guys later. Peace out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.